If you're wondering where to go to discover new music, check out In Our Headphones, the latest podcast from listener-powered KEXP. In Our Headphones brings you recommendations and insights every week, straight from KEXP DJs. And we're your hosts. I'm Isabel Kalili. And I'm Janice Headley. Join us for this never-ending journey of music discovery from KEXP and the NPR Network. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Just search KEXP. This is Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. And I'm John Richards. On the podcast today, we're going to get the highlights from this year's Iceland Airwaves Music Festival and try to understand why that country seems to have a high concentration of musicians and how the harsh weather inspires their music. We just kind of love it, love love the misery of it and the darkness and the, the cold. But first, let's focus in on the performances that happened at Iceland Airwaves. So, John, you got to travel to Iceland with KEXP for a live broadcast there last month. What were your top three live performances you saw at the festival? Uh, it's a good question. I, I think we have to start with the very first session that, uh, you know, with the time change was 6 a.m. here in Seattle. Uh-huh. And over there in uh, beautiful, dark Iceland, it was uh, 2 in the afternoon. And I say that because Madame Gandhi got things started and just came out swinging. I mean, she is incredible. Um, her whole mission, she said, I'm a drummer whose mission it is to elevate and celebrate the female voice. And uh, she has done that. She is an electronic producer, a drummer, an artist, an activist. She's drummed with uh, MIA, Thievery Corporation, and others. Her activism focuses on female empowerment. And she came out, again, swinging with her dialogue, with her songs, and I got to be honest with you, Emily, like I, I was amazing. I loved it. I'm just like, oh man, I just need more of this. And we followed along, you know, you follow along with the YouTube comments, which we don't always do, but um, we do so in remotes, just so you know, because they'll be the first to tell you if something's going on, like if something breaks. And that's like our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. It's just a good way to like, people will know if the sound's good or whatever. And it's just a good way to track it. And there were so many man baby uh, posts that I was, um, I was a little sad for. Where men were a little overwhelmed by how much feminism she was kind yeah. of putting forth. Yeah. The mm. what about me feeling. And I, <laughs> and it's just, you know, every day is men's day. Like we can take a break, fellas. She was amazing. And there's a lot of things she's saying that we should be listening to. And I just, I, I personally just, loved how just brave and smart and like just talented a musician this person was she she played i mean every instrument she was walking around hitting drums keyboards singing and then she was um just perfect in her dialogue i thought and what a way to just like set the stage for our iceland broadcast that early in the morning patriarchy kept stopping me so i drew a map ways to navigate the boys club the bros and the frats ways to ease my mind so i stay fine because i can't deal with that and if this degrees in misogyny you can have it back listen i haven't even packed on the last trip that i started i can't even tell you what's the last post that i hearted do know it's twofold if you mansplain i'm smarter while i'm here to learn if you're self-aware i'll be calling to that was Madame Gandhi here on KEXP from our Iceland broadcast. It was another incredible week, I thought, of really interesting bands, like, and really different sounding bands. Now, now Madame Gandhi started off. Um, our day one day and another day we started off with something a little more 6 a.m. and it shows the cinematic classical side to Iceland there is a lot of that goes on and Gabriel Olafs came on he is I think he's 20 
now. He's a very young fella. He's more talented now than I ever will be in my entire life, and uh, musically. Uh, and he started playing when he was five years old. He studied classical and jazz piano, but he steered away from um, traditional classical music, and he just became a composer. And he brought in an amazing band. And anytime you can get the strings and his beautiful piano playing. You're in for a treat. And I, I, and I remember that morning from Iceland, I was hearing from so many people saying, man, this is how you start your day. That was Gabriel Olafs. He is uh, from Reykjavik. He was live on our Iceland broadcast, and he just put out um, a debut album, I want to say, this fall. Um, He put that out, and um, it's really, really good, and it was great to have him on. Now, the opposite of that was the band that blew me away the most, where you're just jaw-dropped, whoa, this band is awesome. And that band is Sons. They came up, I've been warned, they are very good live. They reminded me a bit of Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Their energy was high octane. Their, the guitars were so loud. The vocals were very cool. Belgian band Sons just brought it. John, you you spent how many days in Iceland for Iceland Airways? Was about a week. From your just observations, I mean, you you were on tour buses with musicians. What were kind of the big takeaways that you got from that trip, just in terms of how Iceland's music industry functions? You know, some some issues that maybe musicians are struggling with right now. Well, there's a there's a lot at play there. I think the first thing at play there is is what some of the musicians talk about, and that's the geography. It is um, a very desolate. Uh, place at times. It is gorgeous. It, it is moving when you see some of the landscapes of Iceland, be it we were up in the mountains and we went down in this cave where we had a choir perform live. And I mean, that to me was, there's Iceland. There's just a choir sitting in a cave. And uh, we came out of there and you get to Reykjavik, the city, and it's dark and it is cold. And one of the reasons Seattle music um, has always been the way that it is, I think, is geography. And it's people in their certain neighborhoods being rained out and having to stay inside and make music. And I think that's a big part of it. So I think part comes from that isolation that Iceland is, you know, tenfold over Seattle being up here. We're isolated, kind of, but Iceland is isolated. So there's that. Then you have the support from the government. So you are supported as a musician. That support allows you to live as a musician. There are some issues there. You know, I I talked to one who talked about how some grants are given to artists, but they usually, at the bigger grants, end up going to more established artists. And in their opinion, it felt like the smaller bands are being left behind. But overall, I think it just comes from a world where you 
I don't want to say you take it for granted, but you're used to a world in which you're getting supported. But then the irony of that is what I heard throughout the broadcast and throughout musicians in particular was the economy and just how expensive it is there. And I mean, like a sandwich will cost someone like $25. Yeah, it's like, it's it's so expensive. And then, and I was lost in the in the, in the the money because you're paying, you know, 20000 for a sandwich. And I'm like, what does that come to? And you think it's going to be like, oh, it'll be like eight bucks. Like, no, it's like $25. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> and so the musicians talked a lot about how it's so expensive. And at the same time, they are supported enough just to get by. So there's this rub, you're keeping people there, but they're not able to flourish. On the interesting side and the collaborative side, Mammut, uh, that band gave us a tour. We actually, they didn't just give us a tour. We went on the um, flyover Reykjavik ride. You know the one down at the waterfront that's like Washington, wings over Washington, where you get in the... Uh, oh, it's like a, yeah, like a, a virtual reality virtual ride. Reality, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I may have had a few beers the night before, so not the best move. <laughs> but Mammut and us and a bunch of KXP listeners got on that ride and we did the whole flyover it was kind of Iceland, awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was great. But then afterwards, the reason we went down there is we're, we're going to have lunch down there and, and go on this ride. But the other reason is Mammut showed us it's in an, an industrial area. And in that industrial area, about 90% of Icelandic mu- music is being made. He said it's very collaborative. He said, but what you don't have is competition. We're all cheering each other on. You're in three or four bands, and that's a good thing. You continue to play music all the time because that's your job. So you're able to be in all these bands. And the non-competitive part of what he told our group when he gave us a little tour um, really struck me. And that makes sense, like that collaborative nature. Like you have that here. Seattle's pretty famous for it, but not like Iceland. He said, we actually don't have as many musicians as we think here we just play in so many bands, it just appears that way. It was really fascinating. And the diversity in the music and the support of fellow musicians were the two things that really struck me, let alone the, the economy stuff that they are, they are dealing with and will be dealing with for quite some time. So let's dig into this idea of collaboration and the perceived concentration of musicians in Iceland. So Iceland has the population the size of St. Louis, but it does seem to have a well-known music community with big names like Bjork, Sigur Rose, and of Monsters and Men. We're now going to hear from a handful of Icelandic musicians about what makes their music community special, including how the harsh weather impacts their creativity. We spoke with pianist Gabriel Olafs about this. He says he grew up in kind of this isolated community living about 30 minutes outside of Reykjavik. And he says music helped him get through the brutal winters. Just living in Iceland, you know, you you can't, you you can maybe play outside a little less than other kids. Uh, So you would have to stay inside and I mean, you have to do something. So uh, and and also it gets really dark, you know, the winters get really dark and you you maybe feel, I mean, every Icelander knows this, you, you may you maybe feel a bit sad in the winter because it, it happens to your body when there's only darkness, you get kind of sad, you know, or, or like not sad, more like uh, things are like sort of different for you. So I think those, those are definitely the things that did influence me and affect me. And I, I, I would say music is definitely a way to cope with that. And I chatted with the keyboardist from the Icelandic band Kaylin Mikla on Sound and Vision recently. Oh 
She says Iceland's weather has a big impact on musicians' creativity. It's like living a bipolar, um, it's like super bipolar weather and everything. So like in the wintertime, musicians, they go undercover and they're like, they go maybe deep down, even into depression and stuff. (laughs) And um, they feel all sorts of things and they start to create and they start to think about things and they can't give anything out because they're like in the dark. But then the summer comes, the eternal summer, and then everything comes out and blossoms. So it's really like you go down and then you go up. Like in Iceland, we don't have like huge record labels or something like this that like, I don't think that I never wanted to start a band because I wanted to like make it or something. I wanted to start a band because I wanted to make music. And I think a lot of musicians, they make music. They're not like aiming for the stars, but maybe that happens eventually. So I feel like what is unique with Icelandic music is exactly that we are not aiming to, to fit some genre that's super in right now. We just make our kind of music. We also chatted with Icelandic band Seabear during Iceland Airwaves this year. Here's what one member had to say about why there are so many musicians and why so many musicians seem to collaborate a lot. This is kind of maybe just the n- normal for us growing up here that everyone collaborates and helps each other out. And I think like there's a little pointed competition in Iceland because the market is so tiny. It's like it's no money to be gained or whatever. Uh, so people... Um, I think tend to help each other and if you know someone that plays an instrument or does something that you don't you can call them and then you maybe like owe them a favor you could do something else like that and uh, so I think that's probably one of the reasons why people just help out and also maybe something in our culture that it's uh, I mean it was just like 60 years ago it was quite rough living in Iceland like um, food wise and weather wise and our grandparents, we have, we have older grandparents, you know, so they still remember people living in mud huts, kind of. So it's quite, you know, it's not that far away. It's only like two generations where you need to help each other to survive, which is, uh, you know, what a big, uh, like, part of the, like, farming and rural commu- community is you have to help your neighbor. I think, like, because I've gotten a quest- similar question a lot of, a lot of times about the like why there's a lot of music in uh, Iceland that's good and I don't really know the answer to that but I think like sometimes I think it's also something to do with the size of the scene uh, is that it's not really cool to sound like some other band I mean some other Icelandic band so you have to kind of carve out your own identity in this within this little scene here. And, you know, if there was a band that came out now that sounded like Seros or something, they would kind of just be dismissed. So I think that's maybe one part of the reason why there's a lot of times interesting stuff going on here. Musician Svavar Knuter performed at Iceland Airwaves. His music deals with heavy and dark themes. So I whine and I moan and I'll cry on the phone Till I finally drive you away 
What jumped out for me was his banter in between songs. I mean, I was... I was in pain. I was laughing so hard. Uh, and what he said at Icelandic Airwaves is pretty funny. Iceland is like it, dark. Uh, we are melancholic, and my mom's from the East Fjords. They are extra melancholic over there. Um, and basically, people from the East Fjords, we breathe in melancholy. It's a, like oxygen to us. And then we breathe out joy. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> And basically, if you lock a person uh, from the East Fjords in a room with too much joy, they will just suffocate and die. Uh, that's why I have to have a little bit of sadness around me all the time. I also love this bit about trees. The next song is about birch trees, and birch trees are, are rare and beautiful. Uh, trees are rare and beautiful in Iceland. We have not so much of them. Iceland is not exactly famous for its forests. Lush forests of Iceland is not something you read a lot about. The idea of a forest in Iceland is basically three to four birch trees huddled together for warmth. It's so cold, like uh, four Finnish guys in the middle of Helsinki downtown in the middle of the night waiting for a taxi. KEXP's digital content manager, Dusty Henry, talked with Svavar about how he helps fight deforestation during his tours and why Iceland's music scene is so vibrant and collaborative. He first asks Favar how he copes with Iceland's brutal seasons through music. I actually love winter, uh, yeah, because it's my, my family is from these like cold places a lot, like these edge of the map places in Iceland, and uh, we just kind of love it, love love the misery of it and the darkness and the, the cold, and so it's actually quite inspiring to me, just like the feeling. I, it's it's hard and it's sometimes uh, you know not not easy to cope with but but it's still it's so inspiring and it's so like it 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 does something to your heart and uh and i yeah i a lot of the time i'm just writing to try to describe a beautiful feeling that is maybe not taken for granted like uh, maybe not like always appreciated like the month of january so many people hate it and think it's dark and cold and nasty but uh, it's actually a time of transition from darkness to light. And, and it, it reminds me of like the process of grief, you know, and you come out of this hard process feeling much better than before and, and uh, probably a better person. And the same, same goes for the month of January, who is like the hardest working of the months, you know, lifting, lifting the sun, bringing the light and hope back. You know? I like that. And I think, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe Icelanders have a certain sense of humor that... Um, and a sense of humor is not about being funny. It's just about seeing things in a perspective that is unusual or, or, or new. At least, yeah, the humor my mom and dad kind of passed on to me and my family and passed on to me has helped me a lot with how, how I write and what I appreciate and what I write about. Do you think it's important to have that balance between these these this dark and misery that you're 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 working in, and then the humor, like in your music and your live performance, you see that really apparently when you have these really guttural, heart wrenching songs, and then you you have this great uh, witty banter in between. Yeah, I think a, a sense of humor is is is, is the most important uh, feature of a person to, to just cope with the world, because the world is always throwing you curveballs and. And a sense of humor is just a way to, to handle them, really. Uh, and a sense of humor is also a way to find things to write about and and uh, and to find things to, to express. 
And a lot of the times when you have a sense of humor about something, you write about it, other people will say like, I never saw it that way. And they will be inspired to not feel so bad about something or to actually see it in a different light that is actually more uh, productive. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and I think, uh, I think that's more than, more than any kind of pornography about the Icelanders being elves. I think that our dark past, of, uh, we had a lot of death and infant mortality and we had really rough times. 600 years, our population didn't change uh, because of our own internal uh, punishment. We were just punishing ourselves for 600 years somehow. Um, and, uh, and I think that situation really gave us a sense of humor that is very dark, very uh, harsh, but it also also gives us a perspective on things that maybe not everyone shares and it's useful on on stage you you kind of joked about icelanders having trouble sharing their emotions or being charismatic has music helped you process and express yourself better yeah yeah it does it really does and also uh, touring has helped me like just meeting all these people abroad when i'm touring and and seeing all these people that i've i've you know and and engaging with other cultures has certainly broadened my horizons and and helped me express myself and but but Icelanders tend to be pretty closed but it doesn't mean we don't have the feelings we have all the feelings we're just not very good at expressing them so uh, an angry Icelander and a happy Icelander it, it's kind of like trying to tell the moods of a bulldog you know like it always has the same expression on his face I saw that you uh made a commitment to touring climate neutral and you talked a little bit about um, deforestation in your set today as well. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your this move towards climate neutral touring and, and how that is playing out for you practically? Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, artists have a lot of responsibility because so many people are, are hanging on to every word that we say and, 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 and listening to our messages. And, and uh, I don't think shaming is a very productive way of... of um, inspiring change but uh, leading with a good example and uh, motivating people to do good is, is probably for me at least a thing to do so this t last tour I decided I would run five kilometers in every city I was playing and then invite people to join me just for health and for community you know to 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 meet and to have a nice time with my fans that is not in a bar or a you know concert hall like so, so we can meet like one-on-one -on -one, like as people and not as a artist and audience and then we all pledged one euro to like per kilometer so it's like roughly just over a buck per kilometer run so that's like <laughs> let's translate it to miles and dollars it's like two dollars per mile uh, so we ran three and a half miles uh, something like that and so it was like yeah seven bucks Six, six, seven bucks. Everyone donated to their own forestation cause, like and, and forest health cause. And but we have to start somewhere. And I thought maybe uh, if artists like me, that have ten, twenty, thirty, a hundred thousand followers, listening to them, and maybe if I can just inspire a hundred of my followers, already, it's it's going to affect some change and make for like a positive thing. And if we don't shame and don't, you know, like berate people but more like inspire people to get together and do healthy things for a positive cause that's actually awesome you know 
it seems like work two ways, right? You're helping the environment and you're helping yourself. Yes, uh, indeed. And uh, I think this tour I actually ran so many times that I offset, I think, all of my former tours in <laughs> in Europe. Uh, it was like 25 tours in Europe that I've done. And, and I think I just did them all in that go. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But now now next time I'm, I'm going to be offsetting someone else's tours or just my vacations. Or, uh. That's great. That's amazing. It's easy. It's, it's easy. And it's a wonderful way to connect with people. You know, so I met so many awesome people as we were running, and 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 they told me about their lives, and and uh, it's very inspiring, you know. Um, you performed with a twelve-piece band today, and it's amazing to see so many musicians come together. Um, we've seen that throughout the whole festival too, with other acts as well. Um, could you talk a little bit about Iceland's music community and how you've engaged with it and how it's, you've experienced it? Yeah, it's it's like a family. Just a big, big family, extended family, and you have cousins everywhere, you know. And um, I think we 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 all know about each other. Sometimes we're like cats in a old cat lady's apartment, you know. That when <laughs> we don't, we kind of like sit in in our corners like, and like not look at each other. But then, like when we feel threatened, we all stick together and help each other out <laughs> but like it's the same but like with more like making music so a lot of Icelanders Icelandic artists are you know like in their own corners doing their own thing but then somebody calls me hey man would you like to do some project and they're like yeah sure of course and and like all these guys they just jumped right on like I don't have a band normally they, they just jumped on for it and we had fun and uh, yeah so it's it's an amazingly supportive community yeah. So in Iceland, like a lot of time, it's hard to live as an artist here. Like it's, it's a rough. It's it's basically three hundred and fifty thousand. It's less than the city of Baltimore, you know. So you have to somehow survive in this community as an artist. That's quite a challenge. Yeah. You know. Does the Icelandic government give a lot of financial support to artists? I feel like I've read about grants or uh, programs like that. It, it does. It does. Uh, but it's um, it's contented, contentious. Uh, Uh, not everyone agrees on this but but it does there is a lot of support for the arts but still like even if you get all the grants it's still like you'd probably make more money working on subway sandwich like <laughs> you know right so it, it it's not like it uh, it kind of subsidizes sometimes for not for all the artists but like i think one out of every five artists gets uh, a grant every year Like or each year, one out of every five artists is so lucky to get something like this, and that's awesome. Like it helps us out, like in, through the biggest struggles. And and Iceland, like uh, I'm really proud of our uh, cultural policies. But well, thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate you taking the time, and, and looking forward to seeing the material you put out next. Uh, thank, thanks so much, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy uh, the upcoming winter in Seattle. Yes, yeah, it's pretty brutal for us too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lots of similarities there. Yeah, rain, good old rain, and gray skies. Did you have you ever noticed that the gray skies are just like just infinite color palette, and a blue sky is the most boring thing you can see? That was Iceland musician Svavar Knutur speaking with KEXP's Dusty Henry. You know, you all know that Iceland is a pretty terrible place. Uh, the weather is horrible, and the people are so introverted that we actually suck ourselves inside ourselves. And we become like some kind of emotional black holes. Our, you know, like I love Americans and the Europeans. They have such an emotional rainbow, you know, from ultraviolet of joy to infrared of anger. 
Icelanders are basically dark brown to dark green. That's our little like mud of emotional mud puddle. Uh, uh, it comes with its perks. For example, people never know when we want to kill them, which is the uh, same expression. It helps. Um, so, but um, yeah, this uh, next song is about Iceland didn't always suck this bad. It used to be much worse. Uh, you should have been here in the 1800s. That was really depressing. Uh, so this song is about refugees and people that leave their homes. Uh, not because they hate their country, but because they just, they're going to starve and die otherwise. And it's called Lady Winter. Oh, and our love was like 
that sinks the strongest chair Oh, that sinks the strongest chair Those were some of the highlights from KEXP's live broadcast from Iceland Airwaves this year. Meanwhile, KEXP is over in France this week for the Trans Music Hall Festival. We'll get highlights from that festival later this month on the Sound and Vision podcast. And thanks so much for listening this week. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It lets other people know that this podcast exists. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can give a one-time $20 donation at kexp.org sound. That's all for now. We'll chat more next week.